Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. When I watched Kyrie talk, and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong or, or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, every single news coverage, it's on the bottom ticker, it's asked about every single day. But it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo and I know it was years and years ago and we all make mistakes I get it but it seemed like it's just been buried under like oh it happened okay we just we just move on and I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys appreciate it all right that was LeBron James last night after a increasingly uh, usual event. Uh, The Lakers won again. Uh, They beat Portland without Dame Lillard, so they won that game convincingly. LeBron had a great game. Uh, Again, 31 points. Anthony Davis had 27. Uh, The Lakers uh, now four games under 500. That's saying something. The way they start the season, uh, I thought they'd win their eighth game, Natalie, uh, sometime in January or February. So they are playing much better basketball uh, LeBron is back healthy, and the Lakers are, are doing their thing against opponents that they should be. Now, against the Warriors and Suns, I really don't think there'll be a match for them, but, uh, you know, against the Portlands and the Utahs and, at times, Denver's and Minnesota's, yeah, I think they can be competitive and win those games. So, LeBron James asked the media last night, hey, wh- why, haven't, why haven't you asked me this question? You all, you all up in my face about Kyrie Irving, but now... Uh, this Jerry Jones photo comes out from 1957, 14-year-old Jerry Jones. Uh, you can say it either way, Natalie. I've said it. You know what I said uh, earlier this week? I said it was a segregation rally. Because it was, a, for those who wanted segregation, it's a rally for them. Right. Desegregation, or you could say desegregation event, depending on where you stand. There were people who wanted that segregation to continue and there were those who wanted to desegregate. So uh, it's bo- it was both of those things. Anyway, Jerry Jones, 14 years old, is there in Little Rock. And LeBron says, okay, photos out there. Where's all your questions for this? When you had lots of questions about Kyrie Irving. And I'll let you get the first word uh, because I think you and I, based on your feed item, you and I might have a disagreement on where LeBron comes out on this. So I will let you, (laughs) Natalie, on brother from another, our sister, Natalie, I will give you the first emphatic word. I appreciate that, Michael Holly. I love that LeBron said this. I woke up this morning to this news because I wasn't up last night to finish watching the game and I was happy. I felt really good that he said it. and I was like, we need to talk about this today. So I felt strongly about it. Um, this conversation is something that is happening and has transcended like just sports. It's happening at dinner tables. It's happening everywhere. And so I'm happy that LeBron said that because no matter where you come down, this was the 
backdrop for the Jerry Jones discussion that people weren't actually addressing. Like some people talked about it. We talked about it earlier on air this week, but it wasn't like being discussed that much. But part of that conversation is that the black community, many in the black community are looking at the media and they're saying, okay, we see when remarks that are deemed anti-Semitic um, come up, how you treat it. We see when other races are, you know, other marginalized people, when there are attacks on them, we see how you treat it. Why is it for the black community when there's something anti-black that comes out or something racist or something that affects us, why does it seem like we have to fight for you to cover it, fight for you to give it attention and treat it with the same respect and dignity, fervor, importance that you do those other topics? And so for people who are getting lost in the minutia and saying, well, why would they ask him about this? I think some people are asking that question being genuine and I think some are being, um, I don't know, like just come on, let's be serious. Like he's LeBron James. He's been asked about China. He's been asked about so many topics that are far beyond just NBA basketball. So yes, we understand why he was asked about Kyrie, but he's a, a on the record noted Dallas Cowboys fans. He's also no longer a Cowboys he fan. Right. He's right, no, right, right, right. He's yeah, no he longer was. a Cowboys fan because of the way Jerry Jones handled the Colin Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick situation. So it is actually makes a lot of sense. Why wouldn't the media ask about this? And so I love that he said it because the bigger issue, not the micro, the bigger issue is that why aren't you treating this the same? And I love that he called that out. Well, you said this conversation. Uh, there, there, there are many things to get into here, Natalie, and we could do a show or two or three <laughs> on this. Right. There are many things on this topic, but you said one of the things you were happy about was the conversation. This conversation is happening around dinner tables uh, in many pockets of, of, of black communities and LeBron James brought it to the table. Well, my first issue with LeBron James is if you're going to bring it to the table, stay there and have the conversation. Do not walk. I don't want a mic drop. I don't. I don't, I don't want you to make your statement. If it's really a conversation, let's have it. Don't bring up the topic. If we're being real about it and then just walk away without some type of back and forth, without some type of interaction. He said, no, wait, I don't want you to say anything. I want to ask you a question. He said, I want to ask you a question. Now in a, in a real conversation, this would piss me off. You're going to ask me a question. And now I can't give you an answer. So you don't want to have a conversation. You want to have a lecture. You want to have a lecture without the students raising their hands. You don't acknowledge raised hands. And I think it's it would be instructive for the reporters and for LeBron to have a back and forth. But he didn't he didn't allow that. He wanted something to say and then he walked away from it. Here's the other thing I, I got to tell you, like before I, I, I jumped ahead of it. I jumped ahead of the conversation. Okay. I got to tell you how I feel about LeBron James personally. Okay. I, I, I am from, I am from, because because I feel like full disclosure, I'm going somewhere. I think full disclosure is good for these conversations. You have yeah. to know where somebody coming from. Okay. I wonder why she's saying it that way. I wonder why he's saying it this way. Well, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to put it all on the table. How I feel about LeBron James. I'm a huge fan of him personally. He grew up in Akron, Ohio. So did I. He grew up in a place called the Spring Hill Projects in Akron, Ohio. I grew up on a street called Moeller Avenue, about five minutes away from the Spring Hill Projects. My best friend growing up, Shannon Alexander, lived in the Spring Hill Projects. He walked down the hill. I wait for him to walk down the hill and we would go to St. Mary's grade school together. So uh, that that is I understand the neighborhood he grew up in. I understand the people that helped raise him. Some of those same people helped raise me. My mother is a member of the LeBron James Grandmothers Club. Okay. A bunch of, bunch of, bunch of uh, grandmas, <laughs> Natalie, who used to get together and socialize and watch LeBron James, uh, LeBron James games and, and just do all sorts of things to support LeBron. I love LeBron. those grandmas. So, I love them. I, I, me, me too. Me too. I love <laughs> I am all about LeBron because 
if you're from Akron, you understand some of the things he says. Like when he when he left Cleveland the first time, and people would say, "Well, he's from Cleveland," and he would say, "No, no, I'm from Akron." Yeah, we got it. It's only 30 miles, 30, 35 miles, but it's a difference. It's a difference. So I've always respected him. I know the journey from Akron, Ohio to, ooh, wait for it, the best player in NBA history. Okay. We'll save that conversation for a different day. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, 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 know what that, I, know what, I know what that journey is all about. Um, so I'm a big fan of his. But with that, that being said, I think there's a lot to untangle there uh, from his commentary. Uh, first of all, I think he should acknowledge that maybe this wasn't necessarily about Kyrie. Some of it was about Kyrie. But maybe at least 50%, if not more, was about Jerry Jones. It, it, you know, if, if this had happened to somebody else, if this had happened to another NFL, okay, Daniel Snyder. Let me just pick, pick a random one. Daniel Snyder, Jim Irsay, uh, anybody else has this issue. Maybe LeBron James has opinions about it, but Jerry Jones is a trigger for him. He's even said it. He used to be a Cowboys fan. Jerry Jones, the Kaepernick thing, the way Jones handled protest was off-putting to LeBron, so much so he rejects his Cowboys fandom that he had since he was a kid, and now he's got issues with Jerry Jones. So Jerry Jones has been on his radar radar for about six years. I think that's, I mean, I, I think we got to put that on the table. I think that colors the whole commentary. Doesn't color because it for me. It, but, uh, okay, and this is why it does for me. Because you are comparing apples and pork ribs. You're comparing lemons and, and, and prunes. I mean, like, the, there is really no comparison, in my opinion, about the media treatment of Jerry Jones from 1957 and the media treatment of Kyrie Irving from 2000 bleeping 22, Natalie. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't understand why we're harping on when it, when it occurred. Like, I get that it was a long time ago, right? But yeah. we're, we're treating, yeah. we're treating Jerry Jones like these were teenage shenanigans. Okay. Who's this we? Is... Who's we? No, 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 stop. Oh, stop, so, stop, 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 so stop, that, but stop. That's, Who's that's... we? Who's we? People who respond to me who media, the way it's talked about or not talked about. One of the that's talking points. One of the talking that's points is often. Listen, one of the talking points is often, oh, that was a long time ago. And I, I, the relevance to that, to me, there are times that something being a long time ago matters, but it was a long time ago in the Deep South in Arkansas at, uh, at when black people were trying to enter students, a school, right? Segregation. I mean, this was a very major thing. It's not some minor thing. Yeah, of course it is. But what do you say, Natalie? What are, okay, a couple of things. I have questions. I have questions for you. Sure. And I'm going to stick around in here and I'm going to listen to okay. your answer. Okay. I'm going to stick around. I'm not walking away. Don't. Uh, LeBron, <laughs> I, I'm going to ask a question and I'm going to wait to hear the response so maybe we can both you okay. know, uh, learn from one another and sure. have, an, uh, have a healthy dialogue. Okay. If the media goes at Jerry Jones in 1957, if you ask the questions that people want asked, what would those questions be? And what kind of answer would be satisfactory to the questioner? Okay. So I'm just asking you. So what would you want somebody to ask Jerry Jones? And what kind of answer are you are you looking for? An honest answer for him? What if he says, "Yeah, you know what? I was for I was for segregation. I was a segregationist as a 14 year old in Arkansas. I was a 14 year old segregationist. I did not want uh, any black. I didn't want black teammates. I didn't want black classmates. I didn't want black teachers. I didn't want to be around black people when I was 14. But now I don't look at it that way. But I did when I was 14. Is that what people are looking for? Are people looking for Jerry Jones to say I'm a racist? What 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 would be an appropriate question? And what are the answers that would satisfy, say you, just you? I don't, don't speak for anybody else. I'm asking right. you. 
Because I was going to say, I can't speak for anyone else. And let me make clear just for the backdrop of this conversation, because it is well known that I'm actually not a big LeBron James fan. So the fact that I am actually, like, in support of what he did should tell you, like, you know, I guess at least the backdrop of where I'm coming from. Now, in terms of Jerry Jones, the way that I would like this handled, and also I think something that's important for people to understand is that I look at this a little differently because in my prior life, I was a lawyer. I practiced employment law and issues of race in the workplace is something that I actually am very experienced in and dealing with and handling those matters. Right. So you have someone like Jerry Jones, like saying, like, if he comes out and says these things like we know he's not. So I feel like that's kind of in a way a little ridiculous to address it from that this is a rich man he has pr people around him he's not going to ever come out and admit he was racist even if he was or is right so that's not a question we're ever going to get the answers to but we can ask him about okay you know his hiring practices actions like things that would show that like he is um pro-diversity we um you know this week we talked about it earlier on the show right like things that he can do like his current practices now right like if people are racist or they have certain unconscious biases things that they're not even aware of and that's a very real thing so when you have an unconscious bias right you're not even aware of how it affects the decisions that you make in your life right i would like why why doesn't Jerry Jones get to go and meet with community leaders and find out, like, does he understand the harm that, you know, certain people seeing this ph- photograph, some who may not have been aware that it existed, Dallas Cowboy fans, maybe even some of the black players on the team, that it could be triggering for them. It could have effects. So does he, one, understand why there are effects? He doesn't get to just write it off as like, oh, I was just there and I was just curious. Does he understand the significance of that picture, the time, and what does it mean today and how he practices things within his organization, how he makes business decisions, how he influences things with respect to the black community? That's what I would want to hear him have a conversation about that and that he's like sought out learnings and things like that to understand why we're affected. And he can also offer up where he stands now, you know, and we can listen to that, too. Those are good questions. I think those are good questions, and I'd like to hear those, too. If the answers are in the affirmative. So you say, hey, Jerry, do you understand how that uh, photo can be triggering? Yes, I do. Jerry, can we look at your hiring practices? I've never hired a, a black head coach, but, you know, look at my businesses. Look at the Cowboys over the years. And, and then it gets into the uncomfortable place where, I'm, where I start making fun of people but we're almost asking him to do this kind of thing, which I can't stand, which is what, you know where I'm going. Hey, talk to some of my black friends. (laughs) Talk to some of my uh, black players, black associates, and now we got to do that thing. So, I, I mean, I understand. I understand that those questions are very good questions, but if he gives you... The answer, because it, it's almost like leading lawyer. It's almost like you're leading the witness to a place where you think the witness might go. But what if the witness goes in another direction? So, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand unconscious bias. I understand all this stuff. And that's why I, you know, check my record. Are we assuming, uh, let, let's just be real. Okay, but this is brother from another. Mm-hmm. We don't play around. This is not for kindergarten. This is not for everybody. It's not a kindergarten show. Uh, this is grad school. Are we assuming... Jerry Jones is a racist. Are we assuming that? that? You look at, uh, uh, no, I'm saying, but do, do you, let me ask you, do you think he's a racist? When you look yes. at that, when yes. you look at that picture, you think he's a racist? I thought he was a racist before I saw that picture. Like when that Why? whole thing, when that whole thing came out with, uh, um, uh, who was it, Meek Mill or whoever, or no, it was like something Jerry Jones was starting and it was like, I think for the release of like people from jail, I I don't want to like misstate what it was, but I remember people were, it was just like news and they were talking about it. And I remember I tweeted something back then, like, do y'all really think that Jerry Jones cares about black people? Like, do I think he's a racist? I think most NFL owners are racist. They are the top, Mm. top wealth of the country. They're very rich, rich, many of them white men. 
Um, you're talking to someone who worked in corporate America, who worked for some of the biggest brands and companies that you can think of, who dealt with issues of race on a regular basis, like, and who sees and has heard and has even been a part of legal teams that have defended men like him. Yes, I think he's racist. Is he um, out there, like, you know, doing things that are, like, overt? Probably not. And yeah. at a minimum, yeah. if he's not racist, because I'm not in his head, I'm sure he right. has unconscious biases. And you cannot correct and do things properly if you're not even aware of what your biases are. So, yes, th I do. That's what I think. I can't speak for others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say I can't make that statement. Okay. I, 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 can. can't I, can't, I can't make that assumption, you know, based on that photo. Now, that photo is damning. There's no question about it. And it does in, in, involve, it does invite more questions. And more, it invites more questions about Jerry Jones. But I, I'm, never, I'm never one, just to, so we're clear, I'm never one who needs uh, a, a burning cross in, in the front yard to understand <laughs> that something is, is right. I, I know it's, 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 it's a but different ballgame now. Do. It's a different ballgame. But many people I don't do. Yeah. And I know you don't, but many people do, right? They need to see the knee on the neck. They need to see the most egregious of things, right? And yeah. so when we say something is racist, I don't need all the things that you need, person, to know. I know. And you should listen to me because I'm a part of this group. I've experienced it. You know, like when I tell people stories of things that have happened to me, within the last couple of years, I had an owner at a 7-Eleven stop me because he thought I was stealing something when I was walking out the door. Mm. Stop me, called me out in front of the store group. I guess he didn't see the car that I was driving outside. And that day I chose to wear some sweats. So I didn't look, no, you, you know, a lawyerish. Right. And you I walked stole, in the you store. You stole that car. I didn't see the drink I wanted, so I started to walk out. He yeah. had a long line in front of him, and he stopped me and started interrogating me. And I said, why are you asking me all these questions? Do you think I stole something? And a white woman in line said, of course that's what he thinks. I thank her for that. Right? Like, like I don't have to. <laughs> he doesn't have to say you, N-I-G-G, -G, you know, for, for me to know that there's racist intention right. behind it. Right. Yeah, I, I think... Because uh, an NFL owner is has a has a team and has a lot, a lot of money, I do not make that assumption. I need I need a little bit more. I need more. Uh, based on the things that we've already mentioned today, look at their I actions, need to see. Michael. Okay, right. Look at their, look actions. At their actions. We can look, look at, their, at actions. their actions. Hiring practices. So, we can look at who's in the club around them. Why aren't there more people right. who look like us? Why? And look like um, Native Americans and look like Hispanics and look like all of the other. Why don't we see that? Do, but do we do we know the answers to that question on Jerry Jones? Do you know the answers? Do you know what his hiring practices are? I know that and he's never hired a black coach. I know that. A black head coach. Head coach. Fine. Let me clarify. He's never That's hired important. a black head coach. Yep, I know that. So yeah, no, uh, no, it is. It, it's 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 a tell. It's it's one of the tells. But I think there are a series of tell of tells throughout his career as a businessman. He's eighty years old, so there should be a lot of information, pro Jerry, anti Jerry, throughout his career, and then we can come to, you know, some type of conclusion and his words. To see where where that stands, but the other thing is, all right, that's Jerry Jones, got it. That's Jerry Jones. Uh, LeBron has issues with him. LeBron used to be a Cowboys fan. Uh, he did not uh, come off uh, with a lot of grace. Jones, I'm talking about, with a lot of grace or a lot of compassion or worldliness. With, with in, in the season of protests, when it really started in 2016 and 2017 in the NFL, that's his story. But I think one of the one of the things, unfortunately, when you are a part of a historically oppressed group, you will take some of the scars and experiences that you have, and kind of connect it to other areas. And at times, what we do is put in, you know make this this parallel or attempt to make a parallel storyline, a parallel narrative where, in my opinion, it's misplaced. Kyrie Irving, his story, all by, uh, apart from Jerry Jones, 
You know what Kyrie Irving's story is? Kyrie Irving's story is this. From what I, from what we know, this is facts. It's not my opinion. This is a fact. Okay. Kyrie Irving said what he said. Mm-hmm. Okay. He he he. Okay. He 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 retweeted. He posted something. from Hebrew. He po- posted from Hebrew Hebrews to Negroes. Wake up, Black America. He posted this. Yes. With no commentary. Right. He was asked behind the scenes. He was asked behind the scenes by the NBA commissioner who is a Jew, NBA commissioner, and the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. He's asked behind the scenes before it becomes a story, before there's any criticism, before the the microphones are in his face coming at him. He's asked, hey, maybe can we clean this up? Can we clean this up a little bit? He didn't do it. The NBA, he almost, Natalie, the NBA bent over backwards not to suspend him. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a fact. They, I, they they asked him behind the scenes. So when he gave his press conference of, hey, I'm not intimidated by any of y'all. So the first press conference was, hey, I got a whole army behind me. So I don't care what you say. That, that's press conference number one. Mm-hmm. No suspension. Still getting his money. Second press conference. No suspension. There's no suspension here. Second press conference. He's asked, hey, are you anti-Semitic? Uh, uh, do you regret anything that you're uh, you know, on and on? What six or seven minutes? And then at that point, after that was what, what were we two weeks into the game at that point? Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Then they yeah. gave him a suspension. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, what, what I'm getting at is, if Kyrie Irving had said, "My bad, I'm sorry," <laughs> we ain't got all this. Um, and but so, he, yeah, I mean, a, I, unless he felt that way, unless no, he, unless I don't he have didn't to say. want to say that. Well, what is, okay, first of all, what, what is clean up? When you say the NBA asked him to clean up, what does that mean? Like, before we even get to the presser, clean up and do what? What was it that they wanted him clarify. to Clarify. How about clarify? But he didn't, clarify. But he didn't say anything that, about it, right? Like, he just put, he just put up a movie or, or a book, sorry, that whatever it was, he put it up, and it wasn't something that he made any commentary on. So we didn't even know what his position is. I understand what that yeah, the book has. No, what I'm saying is, but you, how can you clarify something when you don't even state what your position is, right? Like we have all the time. I'm not trying to be funny or be like difficult. I, I know, I know. Yeah, but we have all the time that people say like me retweeting you isn't an endorsement. There's lots of times like I reshare something come without on. any commentary. Come on, come on, come on. No, no, no. Come on, I come understand. On, come on, come on. No, what? but I understand. What? I understand he is Kyrie. So like doing that is going to open questions. But my simple point is that no, regardless of whether you like it or not, you cannot make assumptions the same way that you don't want us to make assumptions, right? Say about that then. Say it. Say it then, okay? If you're Kyrie Irving, just come out and say, look, oh, I posted it. I don't endorse it. I posted it because X, Y, Z. That's it. Just okay, say it. Okay, but that's Clarify fine. But that's all I'm just asking. Like, why, not, what does, why not do that? What does clean it up mean? Okay, okay. So that's fine. it. He doesn't, all right. So he doesn't clean it up, right? Do okay, that in fine. one sentence. I could do that for him for free. I would gladly do that for him for he free. He could do that. I disagree with you that there still wouldn't be more commentary on it. But that said... He didn't do that. The press, the press conference happened, right? And then that's sort of when all hell broke loose. And I have a different opinion of how things, events transpired during that press conference. I think the way that the question was asked, I think I believe it was Nick Friedle who asked that question. I believe the way that that question was asked to him was going to um, elicit a defiant response. And, and that's what I think. And I, behind the scenes, have talked to other people who may not say this on the record, but other journalists who said the same thing. If he just framed the question differently, he would have gotten a different response from Kyrie. And I understand that Kyrie is a difficult person, but the media does have an antagonistic relationship with him. And it goes both ways. I get it. He does certain things, but they do. And there's this thing, like, I'm very big on nuance. Like, no one is all one of anything. You're not all bad. You're not all evil. You're not all one of anything, right? 100%. So I get get that he has said some things flat earth. I get the stuff about the vax. But because these are very strong things that people feel strongly about, the premise in which a lot of people approach Kyrie is like, he's an idiot. They question his intelligence. 
there's almost a sense of condescension when they talk and they send questions at him. So, of course, he is already going to be on his defenses. There is a different way that question could have been proposed. That's my, that, there's that point. And then the other thing I just want to say is that, like, because of that, because of that, the good that he does gets overlooked. He gets lumped in with people like Kanye West, which I despise because Kanye West has said anti-black things specifically. That's not what Kyrie has done. Has he been misguided in some things? Yes. Has he been misinformed? Certainly. But he has not done those things. He has supported the black community. He has given money to certain things. And the only people who talk about those things are black Twitter, black social media, right? Like they talk. He just gave 115000 I think true. it is. That's not true, Quote. Natalie. Who, so who talked? Did you know That's that? Okay. That, Who's covered? Of course. Did I know this? Did okay. I know this? But yes, who's I covered know it? This. We're talking about it. But what major media is covering that he does those things? They don't. What they cover is all of the other stuff. Major. Listen. listen ma- there were major media members, and I and, and listen, I don't want to be guilty of doing the same thing that that you think is being done to Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to lump all major media into hey, they're anti-black or they're anti. Uh, anti this it's major media for let's just for the record. It's a Washington Post. Hey, that's not a, a black run organization. Let me tell you, it was a Washington Post that came out with the Jerry Jones article in the first place with two white writers, David Marinus and Sally Jenkins, who brought it up in the first place. But we're not okay? talking about so that. that. Was, but but we're, okay, that's one. But then two. But then mainstream organizations talk about Kyrie. Uh, refused to go to the bubble yet wanted to pay the salaries of WNBA players and has done things has done wonderful things uh, in the community. Uh, that, that's not new. That's okay. not new. And, and, and I understand. I agree with you, Natalie. I agree with you. I am not as 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 adversarial as it sounds right now. I am on your side when you say nobody is one one uh, one dimensional. They're not all of this or all of that. Most people are not that. Most people are not all great. The people we call great, uh, they have a side to them uh, that is not wonderful. And on the flip side, people that we demonize, they have sides to them and dimensions to them as well. I'm coming back to Kyrie and saying with LeBron, I'm just, just, let me just give some possibilities. One, why would people come to LeBron very quickly about Kyrie and not Jerry Jones? It could be there was an NBA issue. Not that he is incapable of handling other issues. It's an NBA issue from 2022 with one of his former teammates. And it's an issue that involves some some NBA administration. In other words, here's a player and he's made, and LeBron has a huge voice in that league and some might even say he's the voice of the league. He, he has the position without the title. Somebody else has the title of NBA Players Association president, but LeBron is the de facto president. He is the president of the NBA. He really is. So somebody comes to him and says, how do you feel about uh, like what, what Kyrie said and the punishment for Kyrie? Of course, that makes sense to ask LeBron James that question, but to suggest that nobody else in the media is talking about Jerry Jones, I... Uh, it's, it's not that only, nobody's it talking be, about it. It, it's it would not be comical the, if not so inaccurate. No, but that's it's not the same fervor. It's not the same level of coverage. It's not that nobody's talking about it. And I don't want to get caught in this point of asking LeBron James because that wasn't the point he was making. The point he was making was why am I not seeing the same number, the same emphasis, the same kind of fervor with this coverage? And that's the same that's the same point I'm making about Kyrie. When you highlight his bad, also highlight his good as equally as you do. It's not about whether one person or one station has done it. It's have the same media frenzy and fervor that you do for the good that he's doing as well as you do when you want to tear him down for the other thing. It doesn't work, but it doesn't work like that for anybody. Okay, but That's I can still the, speak about it. It doesn't work like that anywhere. In the, it doesn't work. Okay, we can think about it. It doesn't work like that for anybody in the media of any of any complexion, of any nationality, of any ethnicity. It, it, listen, 
Sorry. Uh, bad news sometimes. Conflict. Conflict. Get your attention. If on Brother from Another, we just ignored all of the, the tense stories uh, that, that existed, uh, that exist in the world today, and we just focused on that, I don't think we'd have a show. Nobody is trying to tune in for like, the, 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 the Lollipop Good News Network all the time. So it doesn't work like that way for anybody of any race. I, but I disagree. Don't we know that? It's, uh, that's true to an extent, but I disagree because I feel like this thing comes up with Jerry Jones, and he's for the most part right, really being given a pass. Kyrie Irving and other people who have made any kind of statements um, about... Because they don't know what they... No, can I, they're can I, they're, can they're I, required they to meet with organizations. With they're required to do all kinds of steps. Natalie. To, <laughs> Michael. Not Natalie. Wait, wait, they may not... They may not know what to do with a 66-year-old story with a 14-year-old boy or a 14-year-old man. Who may not know? I'm not trying to... Uh, the, 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 the mainstream media today may not know what to do. How do I take a 66-year-old picture? How do I take that picture and bring it to the, the, to the mainstream now and say, well, you did this at 14, and now... At 80, I need to know where you stand. What's so complicated that, about I mean, that? What is so hard what's so, about... What's so complicated? Yeah. Okay, I can tell you. Uh, so if so, what I should do with everybody is go back to, at, you know, 14. The, your, your most controversial moment at, at 14 years old and then make a projection about who you are as an adult. No, but this is not... I, we have to... We it's have not, to exhibit. It's not about his age. No, no, but we have to exhibit some discretion here, right? This is race. This is segregation. This is not like, oh, you shoplifted. You know, like, it, it's not about that. It's a very significant thing. That's one. And secondly, he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. He is a billionaire. He has money, power, influence, right? Like my past and what I may have done in the past does not have the same ramifications because I don't have the ability to hurt and influence things the way Jerry Jones does. It is a different thing. Of course, that must yeah, be assessed and it yes, should but be assessed. He, if, but, if you, but you've made the determination that he is doing that. You made the determination that he is harming black people. No, I right? made a determination that you asked me if I that think he's, a he's racist. racist. I believe he yeah. is racist, but I believe lots of people who are racist and still do. No, no, but we're good. talking about him, though. But right, talking, but, so, but like so that in itself doesn't matter to me because like I, I believe we just live in a world with some people who are racist. So I, like that doesn't matter. But what matters to me is, OK, in the things that he has decision making power over that would affect, right, a, someone who looks like me. Can we be certain that he is not harming them? Right. And that's what I would want explored, because something like this has come out about him. Right. I'm not saying to just go on like an, you know, digging, looking for people's dirt. But when something is brought to the forefront like this, it's worth the conversation and the research and to find out. It, it, it is absolutely worth the conversation. And, and we, we could continue this conversation. We have a guest waiting. I'll just say a couple more things and then okay. we'll get to our guest. We'll take a break and get to our guest. Okay. It's worth the conversation. What makes me so uncomfortable about it and disappointed is that this conversation with this, which has all of its issues, all by which is self-contained to Jerry Jones and Arkansas and race and the NFL, that conversation can stand on its own. Just as the Kyrie Irving conversation with its questions about social media and endorse and, and retweets don't necessarily mean endorsements. And where do you stand? Uh, this person is Jewish. Are you trying to say that you are anti-Jewish? Or if you're not trying to say that, what exactly are you trying to say? That has a lot on its own. But to say why not this when that when you're comparing these two things, I think the only reason it's happening from LeBron James is because LeBron James has an issue with one guy that goes back five or six years, Jerry Jones, and has some affection for the other guy. That could be true. Kyrie Irving. And 
if he if he had if he had waited around, what I would have asked him is, are you comfortable with what the the, the commissioner has done? Okay. Is your issue with it? Do you have an issue with the commissioner of the NBA? You talking about the media and all that stuff? Guess who didn't suspend Kyrie Irving? It wasn't the media? The media didn't suspend him. The media didn't say you've got to meet with this owner or you've got to meet with this organization. You've got to prove to us. That wasn't the media. So that, I mean, that's, that's a cop out. And I think my homeboy walking away from the press conference after raising the issue and walking away is a cop out. I think it did. If you want to have the cop, if you want to have the cop, yeah, we're talking about it. But everyone is talking about it. And they were talking about it before he did. Okay. I can do that. I can do that all day long. I could come. I could. I could turn on the mics, and bring up some incendiary topic, and then walk away and never give you my opinion about it. Sure, you're having a conversation, but where do I stand? Am I am I a contributor a contributor to this, or am I just a provocateur? Am I just somebody who's just trying to start a fire? Then I'm going to stand back and watch as everybody else gets licked by the flames. But that's a relevant role, too. I don't know that he has to speak more on it, but the fact that he raised it, and even if he has something personal with Jerry, doesn't mean it wasn't a conversation that was happening. And it was a conversation that was happening. It was dominating, actually, social media, black Twitter. So the fact that he brought it to light and may have had some hidden agenda doesn't change that it was something that was on people's minds. Sure. You know, uh, I, I just know, you know, Kyrie Irving brought up an issue that was questionable that people it left people with questions absolutely what's this poster what's this post about and and to do it and to do it in brooklyn associate as a member of the brooklyn nets we have the largest jewish population population i live in new york i know i know i mean I, i i i understand the criticism that he got and I think anybody anybody who does that in the way that he did it I think they would get criticism as well look we've gone on uh, sorry long enough. <laughs> Natalie thank you thank you for the uh, the healthy conversation uh, we'll- Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Talk with Tom Haberstroh next. Yep. That is 20 to 25 from the field. Oh, we heard you, Natalie. We heard you. (laughs) We heard you. That was Devin Booker last night. 51 points in 31 minutes. Uh, He made it look easy. Tom Haberstroh is here and Tom, if you, I just want you to really take on both of these big performances last night. Booker, 51 uh, in an easy win, and Jason Tatum had 49 and 11 rebounds against Miami. Uh, just what do you see from these two guys? Uh, what, are you, what are you seeing, and what did you see last night? Uh, incredible basketball from both, and the fact of the matter is, is if they, their teams weren't so good, they probably had 60 in those games because they blew them out so much. So, hey, maybe Devin Booker and, and the Suns need to be worse because otherwise, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls, you know, they might be still in that game, and then they would require him to uh, to stay on the floor for the fourth quarter. And same with Jason Tatum. The Celtics and the Phoenix Suns are rolling right now, but keep in mind, Natalie and Michael, when we talk about NBA stars and the scoring numbers. It's an inflation league right now. We're looking at scoring that we haven't seen ever in the history of the NBA. You talk about six players right now, and Jason Tatum is included in this. Devin, Bo- or sorry, Jason Tatum and Devin Booker are right up on the heels of this club. Six players right now are averaging 30 points or more on 50% or more shooting. Think about this. Not only are they averaging 30 points a game, but they're scoring at a rate where their percentages are making half, at least half of their shots from the floor. And we have more coming. In the last 30 years, we saw three players 
averaging 30 points on 50% shooting. 30 years, three players. This year, we have six such players. So it's not just Jason Tatum. It's not just Devin Booker. It's Kevin Durant. It's Joel Embiid. It's Luka Doncic. It's Shea. Uh, what did Shaq call him? Uh, Alexander Gilchrist. Shea Gilgis Alexander is also averaging 30 on more than 50% shooting. So what not only Devin Booker are doing and, and Jason Tatum are doing, everybody in the league is seeing their numbers rise. And I think that's why we're seeing the referees clamp down on travel calls and, and palming because there's just too much scoring in the league right now. They can't get defense any more help. Steph Curry is a part of that club too. I just want to throw that in. That's right. Steph. <laughs> Steph better. Like, here's here's the here's the thing, Steph. Did you realize the other night that Luka Doncic and Steph Curry in that game they were called for ten travel calls in that game. Crazy. Steph Curry won at the end of the game. I know, Michael, what your take was on that. It's 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 a new development in the league. I just did a big study on this, some research on Basketball Illuminati podcast that palming is up eight times the rate that it normally is, wow. and travel calls are double what it was in October and double what it was last year. So travel calls and palming, they're trying to take power away from the Jordan Pools, the Steph Currys, the DeMar DeRozans, uh, those players who like to take liberties with their footwork sometimes, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they're trying to pull back a little bit, the, a little of their power. And it's really interesting because we usually say, you know, in football, we want to protect the quarterback. In baseball, chicks dig the long ball, as they said for so long. We in the NBA, we want more scoring. But now I think Adam Silver and the league are saying, ah, I don't know about this. It might be getting too crazy out there and too offensive first. And that's what we're seeing across the league. Jason Tatum, Devin Booker. I think people enjoy watching big performances, but I think they also want a fair game where the defense actually has a shot at stopping these guys. Tom, I have a question. Um, there is a focus on traveling. That game was a little hard to watch the other night with the 10 travels. But why do you think there's such a focus on traveling only? How about carrying? Because that's something I know, obviously, as a Warriors fan, that's come up for Jordan Poole. But it doesn't seem to have the same crackdown as they are with traveling. Is that intentional? Or what? Like, do you understand why the focus is on traveling versus carrying? Yeah, it's a point of education. That's a POE, which is what, you know, referees, they send out these videos, they send out these memos to teams. Um, traveling is a big POE right now. Uh, palming, look, uh, if you if you go on Warriors Twitter at any point, they see the hypocrisy that Jordan Poole has called for seven palming calls this season and other players like Luka and Giannis and John Morant seem to be getting away with it and they feel like they're being targeted, that Warriors fans feel like Warriors are being, um, you know, policed on this level with their palming and the traveling calls more than other teams are being um, officiated. And and maybe that's a double standard. Maybe, I, I don't know why the league would ever want to say, yeah, let's take down Steph Curry a notch. Like he isn't <laughs> the, one of the biggest stars in the league and the biggest drivers of youth um, attention to the league. I don't know if it's Warriors, uh, they have it out for the Warriors. I will just say that across the league, uh, you're seeing a big crackdown in in travel calls and palming. I mean, okay. palming is eight times more called this season, this season than we've seen in last season. So they are doing a much more attentive job of policing that that violation. I do think, though, it's kind of fun for you young fans. They are doing these same moves that Steph Curry, the step backs and the side steps, like all this. The youth is watching these plays and they're copying them. So I'm wondering if this is a lot bigger than basketball here where I think Adam Silver in the league might be looking at this and saying, we got to, we got to, we got to have this trickle down effect down to the youth level and say, these are not legal moves. We got to actually police this. You know what, uh, Tom, uh, I, the NBA, and I know it's not Christmas yet. And then when Christmas happens, we start to get a clearer picture of what the league is. But so far, it's really not what I thought it would be. I thought, Utah would be terrible, and I, I thought Portland would be bad again. Uh, Indiana a lot of these is the top four be, seed. Yeah. yeah I, I thought, yeah. I thought a lot of these teams would be in competition for the number one pick, and that's not happening. And then I thought uh, the Clippers would be right up there at top. Oh, man, they're going to look great, and the Warriors are just going to continue like they did last year. That hasn't happened. Uh, it, when you look at the West specifically, like what surprised you the most, whether it's really good or really bad, 
uh, from the Western Conference. Well, I'll tell you what isn't surprising. We'll start with this. Zion Williamson and the, and the New Orleans Pelicans as a top four seed. I was hammering the over on the New Orleans Pelicans before the season because they got offense in C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And now Zion's playing defense. It's something he hasn't done in the NBA yet is he's really dedicating himself on that end of the floor. He's got five blocks in his last two games, which is more than he had in his previous 14 games in the regular season. Uh, combined so he's really being more attentive to that and a lot of people are saying that's a surprise team wow who could have seen the Pelicans being a three seed not me I I saw that coming I, I really do believe in that team the thing that is surprising to me though in the Western Conference is when you talk about the Utah Jazz and their ability to to you know hang around in these games I mean Larry Markin and someone that the Chicago Bulls were kicking to the curb and the, and the Cleveland Cavaliers were happy to give up. He looks like he's an all-star this season. That is the biggest thing for me in the Western Conference is Utah Jazz and Lowry Marketing. Man, they're hosting the all-star, and he might be an all-star this year. They're playing the music. Tom Haberstroh, you're welcome here anytime. I'd love for you to come back when we have more time and uh, just get your take on all things NBA. Appreciate you, brother. Bye, no Tom. Celtics questions. Wow, wow. Next time, Val. Next we're time. going to do it next time. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Next time. There will be a next time. All right, Natalie, best man coming to Peacock. What do you think? Oh, I think, yes. I'm so excited. I love the best man. It's the original cast. Super excited. I have something to watch for the holiday season. With some of my favorite actors tell you my, and actresses. Yeah, I'll have to tell you my Morris Chestnut story one day. One day. I'll tell you that tomorrow. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.